0: This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. With more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs, IBJI is your choice for patient focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.
1: And welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. I'm Michael Dwojek with North Shore record North Shore founding members Joe Coglin and Martin Carlino as we get you guys caught up on everything that is happening here in the North Shore sports scene. A quick reminder before we get started that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening to uh, podcasts these days, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. Well, there, make sure you guys are subscribing and giving a few listen to old podcasts as well as because uh, um, those age well with time. I've been told that uh, each episode kind of gets better and better um, as time passes. But uh, we got a fun episode for you guys in this week's podcast. We're going to go hockey style and do three periods. In the first period, we talk about uh, the latest, which is what is happening, um, everything with IHSA sports. Uh, the latest information from the IHSA and we'll talk a little bit of fallout in the first quarter and the second uh, will be joined by Nutria Girls head hockey coach Lenny Munson I caught up with him last week and we talk about what 2020 has been like for his team um, missing out on a, a championship last March and potentially missing out on an entire season this upcoming year and in the third period we've finished things off by previewing some upcoming content we have planned for the site. Uh, I got some fun stories that are already up and some fun stories that are heading their way. So uh, we'll talk about what we have coming up. But why don't we get things started and get you all updated on what's happening here in the first period where we talk about um, the latest announcement from the IHSA, which came on Wednesday. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, December 3rd. Um, And the IHSA came out on Wednesday officially saying... Uh, What we talked about in last week's podcast, um, essentially saying that there won't be any sports happening in the IHSA for the rest of the calendar year. Um, Their hope is to get indoor low-risk sports uh, going as soon as possible in the new uh, calendar year. Um, All this obviously depends with uh, Illinois' and IADPBH's lifting of the Tier 3 mitigations. Um, They're also hoping to get some contact days going for spring and summer sports and for the winter sports that um, can't officially compete. But um, the IHSA board will meet again on December 14th. But essentially, um, guys, this meeting was kind of fortifying what we knew.
2: Yeah, big breaking news, like you said, Michael, as if we already didn't know uh, that that was the direction it's headed. I think at at this point, the important thing though, uh, and the important thing to consider as to what we need moving forward is we just need guidance. We just need direction. We just need some resemblance of a plan. Um, We just, we just really need to focus our energy on proper communication, effective communication, and working together to develop, develop some sort of plan for the new year so that we can get, uh, even if it's some resemblance of some seasons uh, moving forward in 2021.
0: Yeah. And I, similar to you, Marty, I'm just wondering, I just, old Curmudge and Joe, like, will you tell us something we don't know? Like I had to say, will you give us something that that we can do something with this information? Can you give some students hope or something? You know, the one big statement they made was that uh, we're going to play basketball, but we all knew that wasn't going to work. How's How's that going so far? Exactly. We knew it wasn't going to work. Everyone did.
2: The basketball season was supposed to start on time, right? How's, yeah. how's that going?
0: It, it never had a chance, and I think all the coaches knew that and players knew that. So um, I just want the IHSA, you know, Marty, like you said, why don't you put out something, put out some news that people can actually look forward to? Why don't you say, if, if mitigations are raised on this day, here's the plan. Here's when you can start practice. Here's where the state series is. Here's where this is. If they start on this day or they, they lower on this day, here's what they are. Like roll out something that we can look at and be like, okay, this makes sense. And maybe this could actually happen. And if it doesn't, or, or like when it does, we can we can go right into the plan. We can, we can start practice this day. We can go, go, go. Um, and I know it's fluid and I know it's changing all the time. And they probably don't want to be wrong, but that's not. Um, it's pretty cowardly, just not you know to, to hold back on anything, any announcements, just because you might be wrong. It kind of is 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 the mo of the, of the IHSA in a lot of respects for things, everything from football playoff scenes. They don't want to tick people off, they don't want to um, upset people and, and take the, the 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 blowback. But we're at a point where I really would like to see something that can give people some hope. And if it doesn't happen, you've you've built in those those contingencies like. Uh, you know, we said, if this happens, then you can practice, but it didn't happen. Um, So I I just wish they'd do something like that.
1: Joe is throwing out the word coward, uh, which is always (laughs) fun to do. Uh, But I would uh, completely agree with what uh, Joe say. I mean, how confident are you guys that um, Joe, you were joking about this, uh, like before our pre-show meeting um, that the IHSA will actually have a plan uh, in the new calendar year that Um, they use these next couple of weeks and actually get a plan. Are you confident? Are you guys confident at all that? Um, Come 2021 is January and they're like, all right, we'll be doing this. If we're in tier three of mitigations, we'll be doing this. If we get lower, if we get higher, like how confident are you based on every March that the IHSA will actually have like concrete plans for whatever happens in the new year?
2: Confident? No. Hopeful? Yes. Uh, I believe (laughs) I believe the board's scheduled to meet again December 14th, so I'm going to hold out hope that maybe at that meeting we have a little bit of a better picture of how things are looking in terms of if potentially uh, our COVID-19 data is going to allow us to lift some metrics uh, in the near future past that date. So maybe we'll have some additional guidance after that December 14th meeting. Maybe we'll have some more promising vaccine news. Maybe um, stay-at-home advisories from both the government in Cook County and some of those those other entities will, will be put on the back burner so maybe we'll have some more guidance December 14th I'm going to hold out hope I think Joe may be a little bit I'm
0: I, I don't know because I think that's, that's the only thing you can do like what else would you be doing if not setting up plans and contingencies I, I just feel like they might be saying you know their plan might be we'll we'll make a plan a blanket plan and then if Governor Pritzker decides we're not moving forward then we can put all the blame on him. And I think there's there's a, a spot where I, I get why you would do that, but you can also put the blame on Governor Pritzker if you have 17 plans and say we had all these plans we had them ready to go but he's not allowing us to do anything or the state's not allowing us to do anything. What well, I mean and COVID I mean COVID is obviously the reason governor is making all these decisions so i'm not putting it all on the governor but i'm saying i I think you can have these plans and so many of them ready to go and canned and just open it up when you know when uh when the mitigations say you can so um I, i think i'm more hopeful than you think marty because i just don't
1: know what else they would be doing how much do you guys i mean and you mentioned this joe like Obviously, there's a pandemic going on, and they're like this doesn't happen like often. Oh, like this happens like what every hundred years, and um, this isn't an easy situation to be governing through. But who do you guys kind of, I, not to pick sides, but I mean, who do you guys kind of take more of the issue with, or put more of the blame on for just what has been like a year of late-minute decisions, like fighting and that kind of stuff poor communication with the public within the schools and poor communication against each other. I mean, who do you guys really put the blame on for just what has not really been a smooth at all ever since things closed down in March? Yeah,
2: I think it's a little, a little challenging to, uh, to say who maybe the majority of the blame would go towards, because I think there's a significant amount of blame that should go to both sides. Because as we mentioned earlier, the, the most important thing, you know, and, in so many facets of life, is communication. And we've seen time and time again that we have just not gotten effective communication. Governor say that he hasn't heard from IHSA. We've seen IHSA say that they haven't heard from the governor. We've heard different things from both offices. So there's no reason why we can't be working together, why we can't cooperate, especially during this time. There's no greater need for togetherness now so we put whatever work together to try to get a plan for these student athletes because at this point as joe mentioned they're just looking for hope they're looking for something they're looking for some light at the end of the tunnel and right now i'm not sure if there is one because there's there's no plan in place for anything other than maybe we'll get football at uh in the spring semester maybe we'll get all these um 15 other sports in the spring semester so here's what we have and there's no concrete plan for anything other than just some hopeful plans that were made months ago and have not had consistent alterations with changes that have been made by the virus and changes that have been made by the state. So, I mean, it's just, it's just very frustrating from the sense that we can't even get the sides working together to come up with something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, but you know, it's hard to place blame or um, you know, allocate blame when you don't know the inner workings of what happened, you know, with the communication thing, you know, did the IHSA start from the top and work down every level of the state government and say, okay, can I work with you? Okay, can I work with you? Who can I work with specifically? Who's my point of contact? for getting just a smidgen of information so we can, you know, let our constituents know. I, maybe they did that. Maybe they worked down the whole ladder and the and the government was completely unwilling to work with them. If then, then it's on the state. Um, if they didn't do that, then I kind of blame the IHSA for not trying every single avenue to, to get the right communication. I think the IHSA, how it feels to me and, and this, it might not be completely accurate, but because I don't have all the information, but it feels to me like the IHSA might think it has more power than it has. And maybe they thought the governor would come to them or maybe they made one inroad and were like, OK, we're good. We, now the governor will we'll know everything. And then they were surprised when they didn't. And when they made a big, when 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 they weren't making any headway with, um, you know, contact days or when practice would start, they made a blanket statement about basketball and nothing happened because they didn't have the power to make much happen. So I think maybe the IHSA might have been, um, you know, out kicking its coverage a little bit, and maybe they're sour about that. But if so, that's kind of on them for, for not knowing what they can and can't do. It's just hard to know without all the details where things went awry on the communication side.
1: So what do you guys think is the fallout of all this? We were talking about it earlier. Obviously we want to talk about the fallout of, um, for athletes who are going to be competing for the rest of the school year, you know, this winter, spring, and I guess summer sports now, but also like what what does this mean? What does all this mean kind of for um, what grade school athletes are able to do like in junior high, like, I know obviously um, things are different with um competing for your high school for your junior high team and competing for uh you know a club team or an AAU team like things are different than um they are in high school, but I mean what do you think the fallout is for um all this bad kids not playing and not really it seems like not really putting the athletes first
2: yeah, I think at the youth level we're seeing a real impact because. As we discussed, you know, a lot of these, these youth teams that uh, whether there are feeder districts that feed into um, Neutra High School or, or some of the districts that Loyola, Loyola Academy would get students from, I mean, a lot of those programs are not competing. So, you know, if it's if it's grade school basketball or grade school volleyball or even youth hockey programs, as we've talked about before on the show, um, a lot of the youth football programs as well didn't uh, didn't, didn't take place or aren't taking place. Uh, we did see over the summer some some baseball, some of the other sports um, get some time to work with youth athletes, but obviously, taking away the development time from from youth athletes is going to hurt them moving forward. And, and these are the athletes that, as I mentioned, feed feed into uh, into the the high school districts that we cover. So, I mean, this is this is going to have an impact at the at the lower level, certainly, of course, as well.
0: I'm. I think there will be an impact. I'm hopeful it's minimal. Um, I really think that, you know, kids' passions will hold strong and, and maybe they're doing some workouts on their own. Not everybody, but, um, you know, and, you know, give it a couple of years and we'll be back. You know, obviously, if if, if you lose development time as an, as an eighth grader, you might not be as skilled your freshman year and maybe your sophomore year. But I hope that that evens out over time and it kind of catches up as, as somebody develops um, both in their growth um, physically and their growth as a, as an athlete. Um, But you know what, what worries me a bit and what fears me, and I I don't think anything's to blame with this, but COVID-19 is I hope that because of this time off uh, and whatever sport it is, whatever activity it is that they can't do, that the passion isn't lost and that they don't find another thing to occupy their time another pastime and go that route and then we have fewer people in volleyball or we have fewer student athletes playing whatever it is hockey baseball basketball you know um, as we mentioned hockey's lost almost two seasons do we have fewer fewer youth players working up through the program because because they didn't play for a year they've kind of lost that intensity and that passion for it I that scares me a little bit I don't I guess time will tell. I just hope that doesn't happen. Could be my, uh, my anxiety about it, but uh, um, I guess that's a fear.
2: We've, we've talked about it a little bit um, before, but could this even be of something of great concern for football programs moving forward, particularly high school football? uh, Because we've seen even in the last decade or so, those participation numbers start to decrease um, rather significantly across, across the state and across the nation, even um, so could we start to lose even more, more young football players? And then could we, could we be in danger of, you know, some of the smaller schools not being able to.
0: It could take you know, but yeah, that's definitely a concern. It's one of my fears too, but what if it takes the opposite path? And because they had a year off, especially specifically in football, because there's no AU, there's no really club, you know, you can play with your buddies, but um, there's no other real competitive outlet, you know, can, what if people enter the program because they miss playing football for a full year or they're more passionate about it? Maybe that'll happen. And that'd be great um, if we saw kind of an influx in, in a sport like football, because uh, people think it's a good time to enter
1: uh, the sport that have been wanting to
0: play. I guess that could happen.
1: Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what all the ramifications of all this is not just this year, but you know, heading down the line, obviously we've talked about, um, three-sport athletes being uh, impacted a lot by this. I mean, obviously, if you um, played baseball and basketball or played baseball and football, um, that is, you def, you probably will definitely not be able to do that. Um, though I will be interested to see if, like, I don't know, if the IHS will, like, look, give waivers or something and let athletes compete on two teams, kind of like Bo Jackson, but, like, Bo Jackson, like, never did at the same time. But one day you can play a football game, and the next day you can, like, play baseball during the weekend or something like that. But it'll be really interesting to see what the ramifications are for um, happen from this year. I mean, obviously uh, in the rest of the world, but just in the high school sports and youth sports area, um, it'll be really interesting to see. So we're going to move on over to the second period of the podcast, but before we do, let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many great uh, area. So make sure to check them out. Move better, live better. So like I mentioned, uh, in the second period, we're going to be joined by Nutria Girls head uh, hockey coach, Lenny Munson. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, kind of what we talked about in the first period where um, we catch up and talk about Nutria being two games away from a state title uh, game potentially, or a state uh, championship. Uh, and now um, they will um, are trying to see whether they can play it all this season with one of their best teams um, in in a bunch of years, so I caught kind of, we about a week ago. We talked about that, what it's been like, how impressed he's been with the girls, and just what he's been able to uh, see uh, them do and kind of handle a, a tough situation over the past year.
3: Plain simple way to just get these types of things started is just like what how things kind of been for you and your uh, team during all of this. Yeah, no, it's been pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, you know, basically in the spring, in the middle spring, almost to the summer, we couldn't have more than 10 people on the ice. Um, and then in the summer, we got to expand that a little bit, you know, for our summer skates. Yeah. And then when the season started, you know, we had to follow all the guidelines, you know, you know, girls have to wear masks on the ice and. You know, they have to social distance, you know, they have to be dressed, come to the rink, you know, they can't hang out, you know, camaraderie in the locker room, talk about school, you know, boys, you know, that whole thing, and, you
3: know, it's the it, it's us. So what, um, what have you guys been, so you mentioned all those types of skates and everything, what have you guys been able to do um, most recently? so most most recently what we do until we got shut down on Friday
4: by the governor um because he shut down all youth sports on Friday indoor yeah um you know yesterday yeah. um so what what we do is they still have to follow the social guidelines right so they have to wear a mask on the ice they have to come dressed to the rink but how I make it fun is I I didn't have any cuts. I took a whole, I took a full roster plus everybody to try it out, everybody made the team.
3: Yeah.
4: I'm like, I'm going to make it fun. Just in case, you know, if we don't play, I'm going to make it fun. Yeah. And, um, so what I do is we have our practices, you know, twice a week. And I, you know, we had to do you know, social distancing, we have a full rank. Um, so I give them skills for like the first half hour. And then the next half hour, um, no contact, of course, so it's crazy, no checking.
3: Yeah.
4: And, you know, let them have fun. Right. We, I let them bring music every practice. They get to blare it over to loudspeakers, you know, so they get to, the, you know, uh, their age music, which they wouldn't listen to mine.
3: <laughs>
4: and so, you know, they're dancing on the ice, having fun, having a great time. You know, because every girl plays on two teams, because there's not right. enough place to, you know, fill out rosters in for high school. So, you know, they very competitive in their other teams. So when they come to high school, our team, which is like an all-star team, yeah. um, we just, you know, with those skills in the beginning, then we just let them have, let them have a blast. And, and the participation level was very high. which is yeah. cool.
3: what, um I want to take you back to March. Just take me through. Um, obviously, I know you guys were in the Final Four. Um, on your way, likely to be playing at the United Center again. I mean, obviously, we don't know exactly for certain, but... Um, what, what was, take me through just what all of that was like, I mean, having everything kind of come out of nowhere, cancellations, I mean, what was it kind of like where you guys obviously felt confident in um, winning a state championship last year and you didn't get that opportunity to do so? Well, two years before that we won it. The
4: year before that we were in it up 2 nothing. should have won that one too, lost yeah. uh, 3-2. Um, and this year coming, we were the number one seed again, the highest scoring team in the league. Um, then Loyola, you know, a bunch of the girls all know each other. They're the number seed, and most likely we would to have played Tom. And, you know, we really good two seniors. So for us, it wasn't really that bad. Liola had, I, I think, eight to ten seniors. Right. And a lot of their best players. So that was you know that was even a bigger blow to them um, but then again, on this year now you know i have I have five or six seniors, you know, and our team is just as good as the last five years. It's not better. yeah, team. so and we might not ever play a game
3: right did you um? Still still looking over um, at Mars, did you ever, I mean, what was their reaction when all of it was happening? Was it kind of like understanding? Because, I mean, obviously we didn't know anything about this, anything about the virus or anything like that. I mean, well, obviously there was disappointment. You know, I mean, uh, what, what, what were the emotions back then? A lot of the girls
4: were very disappointed. Um, but, you know, like I said, they played through teams. And most of their club team's state championships were over already. Yeah. So high school is just a little bit later, like three, four weeks later, and that got cancelled. So they still got they still got the experience, you know, state championship level hockey. They just didn't get to do it at their high school level. Right. Um and it was disappointing. And, you know, I just you no know, like anything else wish they was they would have just
3: you know
4: you know, they tried to shut it down, control it. It didn't work. (laughs) And, you know, I I wish they would do it now. Wish they would shut it all down until January 1st and try to put a season in in three months. Yeah. Try to get everything back.
1: Thank you so much, Coach, for joining us. Always good to get coaches and players joining us. Uh, Good to get some insight from them to talk about uh, what's happening in the area and what's happening on their local teams. So, we're going to move on over now to the third period where we're just got the stuff that's happening on the record North Shore. Um, a, lot, a lot of fun stories are happening right now. We'll talk about some things that are happening now and some things that um, are happening in the future. And um, why don't we start talking about a story that is already up, uh, written by Nick Frazier. Um, it's a summer Loyola Academy girls basketball team. Um, and Nick caught up with her and talked with her about her realizing her dream of going from Oakland to Loyola Academy and now soon to be playing uh, college Cornell. Um, we talked about uh, a little bit earlier before the show just how talented that uh, Loyola basketball team was last year and we're going to be this year. And uh, guys, obviously a big part of that. Was uh, what Parker Hall brings to that team. And um, obviously, Cornell is going to get a really talented player um, whenever basketball uh,
2: returns. Um, just that she, she sounds like she's a really great um, low post player, sounds like she can handle the ball, also, a very, uh, a very solid shooter. So, uh, Cornell's getting a very, very talented all around player, um, sounds like a really, really talented defender as well can rebound the ball um can, can bring the ball up the court dribble the ball some some good dribbling skills uh so so certainly seems like the uh team from last year which which had a very strong season if we were to get a season this year would is very well positioned with some uh several collegiate players we've already heard announcements from several players on the team that they'll be continuing their careers collegiately so I think if we, if we do get a basketball season, we've got a very, a very strong Loyola Academy team to look forward to.
1: Yeah, it'll definitely be really interesting to see. And uh, Nick a good job of uh, capturing uh, um, just how important that. And he talked, she uh, talked about how cool was her, but um, the academic part of it as well, like how important that was to her and obviously Uh, Her going to Cornell, obviously, very academics are a big part of uh, who uh, she is and what to accomplish. So it'll be really cool uh, to uh, check that out. And hopefully you guys check out Nick's story, uh, talking, catching up with her and getting uh, some insight from her. We also uh, had some news and we'll have a story coming up hopefully soon um, about a Wilmette native, uh, Alex Vlasic. Uh, being named to the 2021 U.S. National Junior Hockey Team's preliminary roster. Um, It's cool. Uh, Alex, obviously, a big contributor in the area and was a good player, uh, obviously, from the area to uh, to be able to uh, be unveiled onto the 2021 team. Um, I know uh, things are obviously fluid when it comes to these type of plans. Um, There's a camp set for December 6th through the 13th at the U.S. Hockey Arena um, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So, uh, we're hoping to get in contact with him, but, um, guys, I'm sure you guys know as well, uh, classic already, uh, making a name for himself and, uh, really impressive to be part of at least a preliminary roster for a junior team, especially at the, at the national ranking.
2: Yeah. And I think early in his hockey career, spent some time with the Wilmette Braves. Um, so, uh, local through and through, um, was, was drafted by the Blackhawks in, in 2019, um 43rd overall selection uh Met native as you as you mentioned there Michael and he's got uh, some rich family heritage heritage as well of uh San Jose Sharks defenseman and, and and a long time NHL defenseman uh Mark Edward Vlasic so some uh some heritage in the blood for sure and uh we'll see the juniors team yeah definitely
1: it'll be really interesting to see uh I know uh, the North shore has a lot of uh, talent when it comes to not just playing in the NHL, but playing for national teams as well. Um, a couple uh conferences in the Northbrook area, but uh, yeah, really cool to see it. Hopefully Vlasic uh, can uh, keep on going and make the uh, official roster whenever uh, the tryouts are uh, over. But uh, we also have more hockey news for all you hockey fans out there. This became the hockey mm-hmm. podcast all of a sudden, but uh and I know I Joe's not, uh, having Joe's having not really time. Joe's not really digging it right now, but uh, we I don't know if we'll get into the um, it's not hockey disdain as I uh, er, uh, erroneously said earlier. Uh, but um, Tommy Wingle's a former Blackhawk, as many of you guys know, uh, also from the area, um, played a lot of time in San Jose. I think he played a year in Boston as well. Um, called it a career after playing a couple of years abroad, and now is back in the North Shore area coaching uh, with the Winnetka Hockey Club as a skills coach, Um, hoping to have a story with him, hopefully uh, getting a chance to talk to him down the road. Um, Just talking about what it's like to retire from playing professional hockey, but also um, come back and give back to a community that I'm sure that uh, he feels grateful that he uh, took advantage of and um, was able to grow through throughout his years. But uh, Joe, why do you hate hockey?
0: (laughs) First of all, the Winneka Warriors now have two former pros at least uh, helping out with their youth program, which is uh, – that's impressive stuff. Great it's for the
2: good coaches. coaching staff right there. Yeah, not
0: bad. Yeah. Um, I don't hate hockey. Um, of the big four, uh, it is my number four with a bullet. It's way down there. Um, I grew up playing the other major three. Um, so I, I understand – when I watch it on the TV – or in person, I know exactly what's going on. I know I have my opinions on what they should do, what they shouldn't do, the strategy, I get it. I, can, I have insight um, uh, all throughout the game. Um, I'm, I'm tuned in. Hockey, I never played, in, or at least organized. So when I watch it, I don't really understand certain strategies or what the strategies are, or if there are plays, when there are plays. I mean, I get the general <laughs> premise. Don't get me wrong. The, it's just the, the specific X's and O's. I don't know. You know, I'm watching basketball. I know, uh, I know what they're doing in transition. I know what they're doing in the half court. I know what defenses they're running, things like that. Uh, hockey, uh, it just looks like uh, a bunch of guys throwing a puck at a net and then uh, trying to stop them from the oh boy. At but, you a you
2: were, but you were a street hockey guy?
0: I was, I was a very good street hockey guy, I, at least on my street. I don't know how good my street was <laughs> overall, but on my street, I was, I was a premier player um, shooting my, my hockey ball into the recycling bin.
1: Nice. Nice. Interesting. Are you the same way with other sports? Like, do you watch like tennis and you're like, I can't get into this or is it just like a hatred of hockey for some reason? So let me, hockey is a very hard competitive
0: skillful sport to play. You, you got to be all those things to play hockey. So it's not anything against the athletes or the game itself. It's if anything, I'm saying like, because I didn't grow up playing and doing it, it's like beyond me, at least the specific exes and those. Tennis, no offense to tennis. I kind of get it. Now I don't get like, you know, if, if I were to, you to put me on the court, uh, I'd get rolled. Um, but at least I can kind of understand a little better in hockey, hockey being a team sport. I'm used to understanding those more, a little more so.
2: Meek backhand game,
0: um, you know, soccer. I played too. Uh, no, I'm tennis, dude. I'm terrible. Anything with the racket, all my whole, my whole goal, like, like growing up a baseball player and other sports, I just try to hit it as hard as I can. And that does oh, not,
2: that's the hard. hardest thing about tennis. Not I, cannot ju- I cannot judge how hard to hit it.
0: And it's <laughs> hitting it Back over to- the fence is a home run, right? <laughs> Back-
2: <laughs> back in high school you were I, that guy if I had a dollar for every time I had to walk around the courts onto the street to get the ball I hit over the fence I'd have at least 70 dollars
1: <laughs> now
0: it, it kind of works out with racquetball because you can hit it as hard as you want off the wall now that's not off, always the strategy played a little in college <laughs> I don't know why but we did
1: interesting <laughs> well all the hockey families Intermural, in the Intermural area Intermural you know Joe Coglin. Yeah. You know who to reach out to uh, for all your uh, hockey hatred and uh, make sure Joe, what's your Twitter handle and your email, just so people can reach you back <laughs> at a uh, back uh You can find some it. thoughts about the hockey. You can find it. If but uh, but uh, obviously uh, just some fun jokes and that kind of stuff, but uh, some cool stories heading uh, toward the record North shore.org. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, some fun deals were happening over with you guys as well. So Make sure you guys are taking advantage of it. Donate, they have a donate campaign going as well. So make sure you guys uh, go check out the stories, subscribe if you can, and also give back um, during this uh, giving season that we call the holiday season. So um, I think that's everything we have to talk about in this week's episode. Um, I don't know, it seems based on how things have gone. I don't know how much news we'll have next week from IHSA seems because every time an official thing comes out, um, now much news comes out. That's what you would expect from a coward, right, Joe? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, good to get, uh, insight and everything like that. So we'll keep you guys posted on everything that is happening here in the North Shore area. Like I said, at the beginning, make sure you guys subscribe, give us a listen, uh, spread it word of mouth, spread it on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, what have you, just spread the word about the Varsity Podcast. So for Joe, Marty, and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record, NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. With more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty Mm -hmm. and dozens of locations across Mm -hmm. Chicagoland and the suburbs, IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.